a romance and a wacky comedy, he's going to find out that being a daddy penguin isn't all. It's quacked up to be. Penguins don't even quack. I'm glad you, you acknowledged that. But even... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 546 with a review of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we'll have this review of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, um, which came to a theater near you this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to have a review of Paddleton, uh, which came to a Netflix near you. Um, which is always near you because Netflix is everywhere. Um, Except Best Picture Academy Awards. That that is that is true. Too soon, Stephen. Too soon. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna have those two reviews for you. We also promised you guys a review of By Bust, which was the listener uh, requested review from Cayman. Uh, we're still doing that. Uh, that'll probably appear in the feeds next week. Uh, we're a little bit behind in these episodes, so we're gonna try to get them out to try to get closer to on schedule. And then next week we'll have that review as well as a review of Greta, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, we are here to talk about this film right now, Stephen. So, How to Train Your Dragon, the third installment in this franchise. So, Stephen Miller, why don't you let everybody know how uh, how fond you are of the How to Train Your Dragon series? It, it's hard to answer that question because the How to Train Your Dragon world, extraordinarily fond. I love it, right? Like, the original How to Train Your Dragon was a magical movie. It, I know, I think Coraline predated it, right, as the, like, quote, big 3D movie. But oh, yeah, for me, that. How to Train Your Dragon was the movie that convinced me that 3D could be beautiful and additive rather than just a gimmick. Yeah. Um, and I fell in love with that movie. I think it is still one of my favorite animated films, period, of the 21st century. Yeah, yeah. Um, How to Train Your Dragon 2, I remember being happy about it but still feeling a little odd just because they like they took the magic of a boy and his dragon and turned it into an adventure story as they had to do right they had to expand the world they had to do things and i respected the world that they grew but it never reached the height of the like tender moments of him just getting to know toothless uh so i i I was very excited for a third movie but in like a cautious way because my love for the dragons in this universe and the animation style far surpasses my love for whatever the saga of Hiccup rising to become king is. Um, <laughs> but but still, like the the movie is mostly about the visuals, and I was I was very excited for that. Yeah, um, I yeah I was huge huge fan of uh, the first How to Train Your Dragon film. Um, saw it a number of times in theaters. Um, going, I think I was more scared not leading into three, but more leading into two, just because of how amazing that first film was. And I think, I think two did a, a good job of following it up. Like it, it expanded the world enough. I think it kept a lot of what was there before. Obviously you do lose that moment of them meeting each other and sort of the playing off of who they all think they are and trying to um, have that interaction together. But I think overall that film was still very, very strong and still had some really like, good uh heartstring moments yeah. you know and, and it really kind of paid off this adventure and didn't just let's do another one with these dragons it really scaled up on what the entire world was offering and 
what the threat of the world could be. And I think that it was a good evolution for that character. Yeah. And I think what all of the films have thrived on is the heart is always very palpable, right? Yeah. Like, I think the the voice acting, like especially Jay Baruchel, he just has like a real tenderness to him that is yeah, very yeah. endearing on he just, screen. He's such a good hiccup. <laughs> yeah, he's such a good hiccup and he's a really good foil to Toothless who is in all of these always like very emotive and very cute to watch. And yeah. it, it, it definitely hits emotions nicely and it isn't, like even when it is trying to do a joke a minute, it never feels like the standard DreamWorks thing where they're like throwing eighty pop culture references at you. Like it, it feels more <laughs> honest and pure yeah. in its uh, in its happiness. Yeah, not not that we don't appreciate films that throw oh, no. thirty pop culture references at you a second. Tune back um, three episodes ago. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was def- definitely like uh, just a. This series has been such a huge heartwarming series in general, and really it. It hit the imagination. It hit like the the feels. It kind of hit all the things that really make a really impressive film. And uh, I've loved it over the years. Um, so now we are here in the third installment, as I've said too many times already. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna find out if this film lives up to the series as a whole. So we're gonna take a listen to the trailer for How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World, and then come back and give you guys a review. This is Berk, son. It was the home of your grandparents and their grandparents before them. But out there, beyond the edge of the world, lies the home of the dragons. And I believe it's your destiny to one day find this hidden world. You do know my leg isn't a chew toy, don't you? Is this what you want? Yeah, go get it. Uh, how am I supposed to get down? <laughs> hey, bud, wait up! Well, I started out all alone. He's not the only one. Another night fury. But I ain't got weeks. It's more like a bright A fury. light fury. Yeah, yours is better, probably. There is an armada with enough cages for all of our dragons. This is a new kind of enemy. We need to find the hidden world. I will destroy everything you love. Toothless, no! You're nothing without your dragon. If Grimmel succeeds, there won't be any dragons left. And it's up to us to put an end to it. So, what are you gonna do about it? Suit up, gang. We have one shot at this. You brought a baby to a battle? I couldn't find a sitter. Not a word. 
All right, so that was the trailer for How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Essentially, it starts a year after the events of the previous film. And, uh, you know, Burke has been thriving. There are so many dragons that there's almost too many dragons. People are trying to figure out what the hell to do with all the dragons because they're just weaved into every single part of society. And uh, everybody's trying to figure out what they're going to do. And uh, a sort of villain appears in the world who... uh, likes to capture and get rid of dragons, and the group has to try to figure out how they can thwart this enemy who seems bigger and badder than anybody they fought before, and more proficient in dragon controlling slash attack, like capturing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So Hiccup has to go from being this guy who's just happy, playing around in the world, flying with his dragon, to a guy who has to actually protect his village, because that's his role now. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I... I assume we're going to have, there's going to be accidentally potentially spoilers for the first two films just in the nature of what the context is for Hiccups. Like, what's funny is I don't even remember what happened in the second film and what is just assumed context going into this movie. Yeah. Like, the very presence of Kit Harington's character, I didn't remember him at all, but I think he came in the second one. Yes. Anyway, I I have no idea what is a spoiler, so I will not tiptoe around spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so, so we're gonna talk talk about this. Stephen Miller, what did you think of How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World? So, before I get to it, I have to ask. So, I know you watched a pre screening of this a couple weeks ago that I yes. couldn't make it to. Did you manage to catch up to it again or no? I didn't get a chance to catch it. This is a busy weekend. Okay. There was just we had to watch the Oscars and do all that kind of stuff, and uh, I just didn't get a chance to see it again. I really wanted to. May still try to get out and see it again. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't got to whether or not I liked it. I know. Who knows? <laughs> um, so did in the pre-screening, did they show trailers beforehand? They showed nothing. It just started. Really? Like literally. And this this was not, this was at AMC. This wasn't like an, a special Alamo screening. Mm-hmm. We got it. We, we literally got to our seats as the lights came down. And then we we're, were just in the film. And we we're like, holy shit. Like, because people come into the theater purposely 20 minutes late sometimes we just happen to be trying to get our way there and we sat down just as the movie started and we're like oh shit mm-hmm. good thing we got here when we did <laughs> like we were still unwrapping like the 3d glasses <laughs> to put them on because for me there were many trailers before the movie and none of them were good at all they were all like either the standard kids movie fair and it feels like every year they're trying less hard than the year before like there's the angry birds sequel which looked really really oh, dumb. i still haven't had to see that there, yet there's a sequel to secret life of pets which i thought just looked terrible there's i assume they played like the wonder park or whatever it's called y- yeah 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 they did Backing that one up beep, but, beep. But <laughs> the one i wanted to ask about is have you seen the trailer for that penguins movie Disney penguins. It's like they're. It's they're, the live action one. Yeah, right? it's like, like they're trying this to penguin do. Penguin is a little runt, and he's gonna be <laughs> on his own. Yeah, yeah, like like the sequel to March of the Penguins or something. I was fucking cracking up watching that because it's like panning up <laughs> this penguin, and then the music goes thunder. Feel the thunder. <laughs> it's like <laughs> trying to paint like a romance and a wacky comedy. Like, he's gonna find out. That being a daddy penguin isn't all it's quacked up to be. <laughs> Penguins don't even quack. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you you acknowledged that. But even so, any there, there were there were trailers like that that were just priming me for like, oh my god, movies aimed at kids are really, really, really shameless. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so going into that, this movie felt like a breath of fresh air, like coming back in this world where. First of all, this is definitely still 
whatever else it is, whoever it is appealing to, a kid's movie. Like, the, it has the logic of a kid's movie. Yeah. It has the kind of simple resolution of a kid's movie. It has it's the... Cute little baby dragons. Yeah, it has cute baby dragons. dragons that may or may not be de- demonic. <laughs> yeah, it has secondary characters who each get their kind of goofy zinger that is meant for a laugh. There's lots of physical comedy. There's lots of, like, repetitive jokes that happen. Yeah. and it, But it's all so good-hearted. And you just, like... You feel the good-heartedness in this movie, even as, like, the second one, I didn't care that much about most of the plot. Like, like, like the journey that Hiccup goes on is obviously nice, and we've seen it a thousand times before, of, like, the boy becoming a man, the person becoming a leader, having to figure out what he's going to be and who, you know, like, like all of this stuff is familiar territory. Yeah. And I just think the, like, the earnestness with which all of the voice actors play those roles elevate it so much in my mind like so this movie i think if i remember correctly this has more of toothless being a dog-like dragon than the second one does and it comes down to the the light fury uh which we see in the trailer so it's not a spoiler yeah yeah. every scene with them together is the best scene in the movie (laughs) like it like every every time they show up together it just reminds me of like how good it is when they can just focus on this like natural wonder of these creatures interacting. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it. I, I don't understand how they can like, cause here there's like more communication. There's more at stake. Like in, in the first movie, it was all a boy taming quote a dragon. And like, he needs to prove to him that he's not scary. So he like smells the back of his hand and he does all the normal stuff here. It's like a whole falling in love and courting and like a emotional roller coaster that they go on yeah and it is all like just completely adorable to watch yeah um, and i also love that like hiccup is the wingman mm-hmm. like he's the guy who doesn't have that much game on his own yeah <laughs> but he's the one that's like do this thing and do one of these i'm doing hand gestures that nobody listening can I, I, see. I almost expected him to say i think it's jay baruchel who says in knocked up like when <laughs> seth rogan is doing the dice move like it's kind of all he's got <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah I, like everything with uh with toothless is just adorable i really liked him and uh the white fur- fury the villain is whatever i don't know who cares he's f- enjoyable to watch like they pulled him out of hotel transylvania three or whatever yeah um the like the side characters all get their moment i enjoyed the uh tough nut and rough nut uh kristen wig and justin ruppel who has unceremoniously replaced tj miller <laughs> i think he's gonna have a long career of replacing tj miller in voice acting <laughs> roles from now on um, like when they make a big hero seven or <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> or whatever they want to call it um yeah, I like. I think Astrid is a nice character. I, I like. I, I I just like it. Like there isn't that much that happens. I can't go into like plot in a very excited way. But just living in the universe made me really really happy. And I think there's just something warm about it. the The visuals are again fantastic. I saw this one in 3D. It is the one franchise I like always make a point to see in 3D. Yeah, and it didn't disappoint. Like. Again, it never felt gimmicky. It never felt over the top. It is just like beautiful and deep 3D. And the things they do with light and color and depth of field is it, just really, really pretty. So, yeah, I I was enchanted by it. I think it is definitely a lesser movie than the first one. But it it still goes off with a bang. It hits all the emotional beats that you want it to hit. And it does justice to the series. So I was happy with it. Yeah. I, I think this is a really, really good film. And I think that 
much like in in the way that Toy Story three, if that was the only film that existed in the franchise, wouldn't nearly be as good it is as it is. I think that this film is as great as it is because of the journey we've all been on, watching Hiccup grow it from little wimpy child to like big wimpy child. yeah big wimpy child to sort of like big wimpy teenager on the verge of becoming a man sort of thing and i am like i really love there are a couple shots in the film at different points in time where you see like man young man hiccup right yeah. and you're just like fuck yeah like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're doing it <laughs> right and i think that there's just there's so much heart in this film as you said like obviously it's a beautiful film there is like the first time we visit the uh the first time that we visit the hidden world and they do like the Aquaman thing where like the lights turn down and yeah. then everything starts to glow. So freaking amazing. Looks so beautiful. Looks really, really cool. I love the idea of like dragons in and of themselves aren't particularly that exciting um design wise from the skin itself. But like when they're in the hidden world they come alive and each of their scales has all this mm-hmm. like ornate sort of beautiful little like things added to them. And it just kind of, it's an, a really imaginative way to take characters that they looked fun before, but they were like muted colors and sort of like sim- simple patterns. And then suddenly they go to this world where that that's like their home world and they co- sort of come alive in this way that you hadn't seen before. Um, that was really, really awesome. But I, I actually really, really enjoy the story in this film. I, I think the story is a little truncated they're trying to do a lot but i really like the idea of everything was great right if, if the second film was the last film we're just imagining happily ever after but the, there's this there's a literally they, they've been too prosperous with the mm-hmm. dragons and like the idea of what like every single episode starts with one of the characters usually hiccup or hiccup's father saying burke is our home we've been here forever We've always done it this way. This is our world, right? And the first film was about, like, we've been hunting dragons because they're a nuisance. What if we learned to, like, be one with the dragons and Mm -hmm. live together in harmony? Great. The second film is, like, cool. What if we also learned to, like, fight battles with the dragons and be, like, super powerful things and, like, ascend to this level of, like, not just being harmonious with them, but, like, working together to protect ourselves, um... That's cool. This film is really like, oh, once we've done all that, we kind of can't have our home anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's this really interesting thing when you watch all these films where they've been celebrating what Burke is and how much it means to them. And now the fact that like they, they literally can't be sustained where they are. They've like depleted resources. They've, <laughs> they've like just physically outgrown the land. And that need to potentially find a place to go is a really interesting drive. And I always love in stories where little fairy tales and child stories um, amount to potential real-world significance in the future. Where, like, he had always heard stories of uh, Stoic telling him about this hidden world of dragons. He was telling him in the context that he wanted him to find it and seal it up, but he'd never really gone out for it because he's like, we have the dragons and we're all friends now. Why would I need to find this place and seal it up? But the idea that, like, we need to go somewhere else. What if we could find this, like mythical land of the dragons and maybe that could be our home just just that idea and that drive to go off and do something was really really cool um like you said that i i like the voice actor for the villain i like the idea of the villain character Mm -hmm. that model they chose the design for that character as you like i so i was originally saying it was hotel transylvania also but 
I realized today when we were getting ready to record, it's not Hotel Transylvania. It's freaking Hades from uh, yeah, yeah, like sure. it, it's it's almost the exact character model. If you could transpose, right? It's the, just F. Murray Abraham playing Hades. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's it's crazy to me that they chose that because I don't understand how it fits. Like it just it feels so aesthetically like every time I physically saw him, I was taken out of the film. But I like that actor, and he he's been like a villain in like a bunch of films over the last year, and I like him playing his villains because I think he's a good villain. I just don't understand why they made that character model. Yeah. But that really is my only complaint about this film. I think it's it's just it's a really powerful film. Um, I like the journey everybody goes on, and this is like the perfect evolution for Hiccup. Like first it was, oh, I don't feel like I'm good enough, but I can use my brain and I can use tech to make myself be able to accomplish things that I feel I'm not capable of accomplishing. Then it was, oh, people are finally taking me a little bit seriously. I, tr- I tamed dragons. <laughs> you know, I am the yeah. mother of dragons. Now people have to do what I say, and I will try to do good with this power I have. And this film is really about learning to be that king by yourself without the need for the dragons. And I think that journey is so emotionally satisfying. And Hiccup really goes on like a personal journey more than the cast members go on. He goes on this thing where he evolves as a human being and -hmm. becomes like this idea of a person and believes in himself. And like that, I just really, really love that journey. And I felt it was like perfectly emotionally done. Yeah. I also think it, this is where I'm veering into spoilers for the former movies, but hey, we're assuming you've seen them already. Um, it, It pays off the emotion of Stoic's death in a way that I feel like the second one didn't even do as well. I think this movie kind of builds upon that as he now has to be the, quote, father. And it it does a nice job with flashbacks and stuff to really tie in. Like, I had forgotten most of what had happened, but when I remembered that his dad died, I was, like, feeling sad again watching this movie. They, They do a really good job of just building, like, he is now a man and Hiccup, or Toothless is his, quote, child of sorts that he's letting go off into this world, right? Yeah. Like, he's making the making the wing for him to be able to fly on his own. And I think that's a, again, it has very Toy Story 3 vibes. Like, of course, th- this is an emotion that we're commonly used to, but I just felt like it is, it's really patiently done and it it isn't trying to prove anything. Like, this isn't a movie that is throwing too much at you. It's just, like, enjoying the characters and enjoying the the like high stakes i guess but not high in the marvel sense of the world like there's never like yeah. destroying the universe you know it's an interpersonal thing and, yeah yeah they're not and, dropping sokovia and <laughs> yeah exactly and i i think it just does so well with that it, it makes the little adventures and yeah it it tones everything down so the the little bits feel huge. Like you still feel the joy of flying on a dragon. And it's amazing that a movie that has already had you like go on wars with giant monster dragons that are yeah, alphas. Yeah. Enormous alphas that are controlling the herd and visit hidden worlds and all of that can still make flying on the back of a dragon seem so exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that what the fact they pull that off is just really impressive. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think it's perfect again. Like I, I don't think it is, hugely memorable in the a story it's telling the b story the undercurrent of a story is like what it is there for and the whole rise and fall you know climax and everything is more just there to 
be a kid's movie, I guess, to have an epic adventure that they're going on. There, There is, like, we, we can maybe do a little spoiler segment, mm-hmm. but there is something at the end of this film that is so fucking dark. Mm. It blew my mind how gnarly it was. And it's done in a way that's subtle enough that maybe children won't think about it. Um, but there was something that just, I like, shocked me when I was watching. But. Yeah, I, I want to hear in spoilers. Okay. Uh, but for the most part, I just want to, I want to heap love on the movie for the yeah. the good that it does by the characters. Like, this to me is the opposite of my problems with Alita, where Alita last week felt like it was beautiful visual design, but it doesn't know what the characters want, yeah. what they mean, what they're learning. And this is a universe that is all about what Hiccup is learning. Yeah. And what he's learning is adulthood right like he's learning how to open himself to other people how to fall in love how to befriend someone how to potentially let that friend go (laughs) um and and these are all really good heavy themes for a kid to have to grapple with so i I feel really warm towards this movie yeah i I, another thing too that i i really appreciated this is sort of like a random tangent but uh leading up to the film seeing those trailers i was like fuck the dragon armor looks so badass with like Mm. the flying and just walking through fire and just having the dragon armor. I was like, this looks so rad. However, are they just like murdering their own dragons to make armor? What the fuck is this about? And I love that literally the first scene of the film, Hiccup makes the comment. He's like, he's like, demon, he walked through fire. And Hiccup goes like, no, dragon scale armor. He's like, yeah, they shed like crazy. <laughs> and it's just, I love the fact that somebody on the team was like, hey, is it weird that they're wearing their friends and somebody's like nah i got you <laughs> and they wrote one of the first lines of dialogue in the film to explain that they're not hurting any dragons yeah, it's not weird like if your buddy shaves and you put it on your face <laughs> i mean we do that all the time yeah sure i've never grown a beard <laughs> but yeah no i i just i really thought that was like a nice a nice touch and it was kind of mm-hmm. it was kind of fun yeah i i kind of feel like for for the expansiveness of the universe they've built, there's not really a plot hole or anything in this movie that I can remember. I feel like they really, they rein it in so not too many secondary things happen. They can just focus on Hiccup, what is he going through? He Here he is, here's where he needs to be at the end of the film. How do we get him there? The end. Yeah. And it, it's just really simply, like, it's nice minimal storytelling. And I know that seems funny and, like, a massive 3D film devoted to dragons, but it it feels very minimal to me in the way that the first one did, where it was just like tender and small and not trying to prove anything. Yeah, I, I do like too the the fact that like his dad's is it just his book or is it his dad's book? Basically, like he's trying to complete this map of when his dad was searching for the thing, mm-hmm. and it's like this piece together. He's like tearing pages out of the notebook and then like gluing them to it to make this full fold out map. And I just I just really like the visual of that like we're exploring as far as we can go on a dragon's back. It's like the, like the old west, right? Like we're going to go pick up things and settle over all yonder. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like they've been traveling around flying as far as they can in one go and then just trying to map out what they see and I I just, I just really like that idea of, you know, partially because, you know, they grew up on Burke and they never really left that except for in ships. Um but now that they have dragons, they can theoretically go anywhere. But I just like the idea of kind of hopping from place to place, trying to stretch the map in one direction. And it's like, it's like they're playing Battleship with the, the, the continent. Now one not important question. What does Jonah Hill want to do with Hiccup's mom? Oh, you know. 
<laughs> I, I can tell because it's a kids movie and she's kind of like playing coy to it as well. Well, she's, I mean, look, well, there, there's definitely a scene where she understands that like she's not being wooed by him. She understands that like she can just say a stupid thing and it'll keep him like off on his own and, yeah. and not bothering anybody just to give him the little hint of whatever. But I mean, it's also, I don't know how the young these people are supposed to be. If they're young enough to like still think marriage is gross, like, ew, getting married. Yeah. Um, then, then like, I assume that he's just like, Oh, badass warrior woman. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, that probably is going to do it for our non-spoilery conversations. Um, there's at least a few little things that are worth hitting in spoilers. So for now, let's get to verdicts. Steve Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm giving this a very, very warm recommend with a caveat. Caveat being, I don't think it, is as good as the first movie. And I think like maybe if I take away the nostalgia and just my love of the characters of this movie, it doesn't have quite as much to prop it up as some other like really wonderful animated films. But I think it is pure joy. You should ignore that caveat and go see this anyway, because it is, it's a lovely movie to support. (laughs) And I just think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to give it a must see. I mean, I I thought it was really, really great. Um, And I, in a perfect world, I would have revisited the first two films right before going into this film, and I would have revisited this film right before going into this review, since I ended up seeing it the first week of the month. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's I think it's done really, really well. And just, there is something about following these characters. It's kind of like when you're watching a show um, that you've watched for, like, nine years, and then it comes to a conclusion, and you're just like, man, they have been through some shit (laughs) and i really really like the evolution of who hiccup has started to become and kind of where this series leaves us if like if they don't count their money and decide to make a fourth one like Mm -hmm. if this film franchise stops here like it's a complete narrative feels really really good and there's just it's I, i just think it's a really really great touching ride um that has some of the most amazing visuals of any kids film that you're going to see for most of ever. <laughs> um, until I, dragons return. Yeah, until dragons. But it, but it just it just seems I didn't. There's just so much to love in this film franchise, and this film executes on things that like have been set up this whole time in in a way that I really appreciated. And I just I mean, dragon arm is rad. <laughs> amen brother (laughs) all right so we're going to close out the episode and then move off into a spoiler segment but for now steven miller where can people find you throughout the week if they want to do that if people want to find me they can go to twitter.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com if people want to find me they can do so at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopher irl you can find the podcast over at the spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us over at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning, because um, you can see photos of us in the studio and all that fun stuff. Um, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to How to Train Your Dragon, um, still still great um still an amazing listen uh really gets you pumped as you're watching the film um better than game of thrones (laughs) no jk (laughs) 
but yeah, that is our review of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Um, in just a moment, the uh, lovely music that is playing underneath us right now is going to fade up. And then when that music fades out, we will be in full-blown spoilers. So don't uh, don't get your wings in a pant pants on fire. Your wire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, see you in a bit. All right, so we are back. This is spoiler territory. It's our after part of a review of How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. We're going to be talking about full blown spoilers, yeah, full blown spoilers for potentially all three films in this franchise. So, if you're still with us, be prepared to fly off with us on a journey of spoilerness to the spoiler world. Uh, so, yeah. Um, do you want to get right to the thing that I was te teasing about earlier oh, yeah. in this film? Okay. So in, in the main part of the review, I said there was a crazy, extremely dark moment towards the end of this film that kind of shocked me in a way just because I was like, fuck, this is really, really dark for a kid's film. And it's, it's in the end scene when Hiccup and the guy are fighting on top of Toothless. Toothless has been knocked out uh, when he tried to shoot. Basically, he's been knocked unconscious. And Hiccup is trying to sacrifice himself to make sure that Hiccup can live. Mm -hmm. And that's not the dark part. The dark part is afterwards when they're when Hiccup and Grimmel uh, are falling to Earth, Grimmel knows he's going to die. He's not just trying to take Hiccup with him. He is piece by piece tearing apart the wings on Hiccup's suit mm -hmm. in a way that is so I am killing you it's not just like the hero and the villain falling at the same time, or it's not just him like refusing to let go for the sake of his own life. It is a man who doesn't care whether or not he lives so long as he can kill Hiccup mm -hmm. by ripping off his wings. And there was something, and, and the way it happens in like complete silence, it's, he's not yelling like, I'm going to get you, kid. It's just this deranged look in his eye as he just rips piece by piece off. and it's not just like a one rip and pull it's like shredding it and ripping it so it's like no matter what it can't even slow your fall anymore mm -hmm. and there was something about that that just like hit me and like a fuck <laughs> like, it was really really intense so it, is it bad that i was thinking they're over water <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well that, that that's why that's why i thought it was interesting that uh Nobody checks to see if he has survived that fall. Mm -hmm. I mean, I we know that when you fall from a certain distance, hitting water is the same as hitting a brick wall, sure, like course. physically. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like in cartoon land that isn't true. You yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, considering like Toothless can dive from the sky and then go into the water, but he also has dragon scales. Mm -hmm. But Hiccup has dragon scales. That's the one thing too. This crazy dragon hunter does not wear dragon scale armor. No. Nope. And he's actually killing them. He can mm -hmm. make armor out of dragon teeth and stuff that like they don't shed. Yeah. I'm just saying, pretty crazy. Yeah, he he's not a very fully formed villain. Like the main thing about him is that he's a dragon hunter, but he uses some kind of potion concoction that he gets from somewhere. He uses poison from his uh poison dragons. But he they're controlled by poison also. 
Yeah, yeah. So he uses their own neurotoxin against them mm-hmm. to make them treat him as their alpha. But but that's the same thing that stuns other dragons, right? So what he he uses that to make them obey him as mm-hmm. well. It it just seems like it it like knocks them out or it makes him control them. Well, no, but then so, controlling would be too much, like the second movie. So, so they decided not to. So he has multiple. I think he has multiple toxins. Like one is like just like a trank dart which he would use to take down any dragon, like the mm-hmm. one that tries to run at him in the pit. And then he has the one that is actually, like, in the collars that goes in and is supposed to, like, make them obey him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, like, a raptor sort of thing, where, like, the first person they, they look at, they imprint on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I feel like he's a very kind of half-formed character because he's a master tracker and a master hunter. And, like, he's always supposedly one step ahead of them. But then... Even though he's already deduced where they have gone, supposedly, it requires Kristen Wiig to, like, leave and him to follow her for him to actually go to where they are. So I, I He knows where they're heading. He just doesn't know exactly which island in this group of islands they would be at. Mm-hmm. And by by being able to follow a individual thing, then he can sneak in and do, like, a stealth attack. Otherwise, he could take the whole fleet and just attack island by island and then, uh, like, basically uh, flush them out. But by sending uh, uh, Kristen Wiig's character out, he can basically come in and stealthily do what he wants without actually causing a scene. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so obviously one of the highlights of this movie is the the epilogue of it, right? Getting to see uh, Hiccup has grown up. Yeah. He's gotten a real beard, not a tough nut. Yeah, beard. Yeah. Um, he went from being hiccup to being burp. Oh <laughs> yeah, burp from Burke. Um, hey, he, hey, hey Burke. <laughs> he's bringing he's bringing his kids out on the boat to see where there used to be dragons, and that's when he sees, I think, for the first time, toothless. I yeah, think that he, is communicated. I assume it's the first time that he's seen him in a long, long time. Yeah, and they get they get to have this whole moment of reconnecting and him introducing his kids to the dragon. And it's, and just, it's not just a moment of reconnecting. It is toothless sees him as an enemy at first because mm-hmm. it's just this tall, bearded man who could be anybody. Yeah. And he has to do the hand thing again to call back to the very first time that they met. Yeah. And it's just it's a beautiful, touching mm-hmm. moment. So great. It's lovely. And I feel like it Shortly before that is the classic montage where it shows you scenes from the other two movies, like of him growing up. That hit me really well too. It, yeah. Th- again, this just does like the the tear jerky emotional stuff so so well. I didn't cry during this movie, but I got the warm fuzzy feeling that you get when you cry. I, I got a little misty. I just say so, some of that mist from the waterfall was kind of like brushing up against my face. Yeah. <laughs> the three D tech is just so good. <laughs> Yeah, I saw it in 4D uh, immersion box or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so go, going back to that guy, though, I really liked that, like those scenes, especially the scenes where like he was outsmarting Hiccup, right? Like I, I liked those moments, which is why I hated so much his just his design of the character mm-hmm. as a whole. But like that scene where everybody's like, oh, I'm sorry, we lost him. We don't know where they went. He's like, you guys are dumb. Like... He's on a night fury. Night furies have limited range. The only place he could be going is this range of islands. Like just that that cocky assuredness of that character was 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 kind of fun. And it wasn't yeah. just like I'm the big villain because I'm bad. It was like I literally just wanted to hunt the deadliest things. Like he's essentially he's he's the the tracker guy from uh, Lost World Jurassic Park, right? right the one yeah. who's like I gotta get me a T Rex. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the idea of him. I just think the execution, like, except for him, you know, showing up in Hiccup's tent and kind of outsmarting them at the beginning of the movie, we never really get to see him be very good at any one thing. But that's fine. Like, like is he... He clearly let free the Light Fury so he could do a better job of catching Toothless. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, but he's, he's not controlling the Light Fury, and he doesn't seem to be monitoring where she is. So is it just her being out in the wild is a distraction that he wants? I think there's some weird, like, Stockholm Syndrome thing for that dragon where she's always going to return home, and he's setting her free so that she can lure the Night Fury out separately. Mm. And he can just follow her. But, but or that doesn't her. seem to bear out, right? Like they go to the hidden world and become king and queen in Coco Land. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're ever coming back to his place. True. Maybe maybe the signal. There's a lot of lead down there in the hidden world, and it blocks the signal to the. I don't know. I just felt that like there was some sort of she always returns to home for whatever the reason is. Um, there's some there's something where I felt like she was lacking agency in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, also, how come when Toothless is trying to seduce her, he draws a picture of Mewtwo? <laughs> Just kidding. I know they have the same face. But also, yeah. So the issue, I got it. I have the answer to your question. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, I just remembered it out. Um, essentially. The, the the goal is to separate Hiccup and the Night Fury, not to specifically get the Night Fury to come to him, right? So the, so he releases the Light Fury to distract Toothless so that Hiccup has to become more mortal, right? <laughs> um, so but I, his I, goal isn't to destroy Hiccup, it's to get Toothless. Yeah, but he wants to sep- he wants to break their relationship. Because he is like his opposite, right? He's mm-hmm. like the, the big king of Burke that I have to defeat, technically, right? Yeah. Um, so I think there is some sort of, it's just like uh, Hiccup is the deadliest game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like he should keep his light fury on a leash. Cool. Well, I don't think I have anything left to say. Um, you good? <laughs> I, I, I'm good. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, well, we can end this episode. Uh, we just want to have a quick little spoiler segment to talk about a few things. Uh, but yeah, we have another review to record for you, that review of Paddleton. So we are going to go grab our rackets and bring you that review in just a moment. Thanks for listening. We will see you later. And And when we do, it's always this disappointed scowl like he's been cheated or like someone skimped on the meat in his sandwich. Excuse me, barmaid. I'm afraid you brought me the wrong offspring. I ordered an extra large boy with beefy arms, extra guts and glory on the side. This here, this is a talking fishbone. <laughs> I don't know. You're thinking about this all wrong.